This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast podcast network, available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind for tuning in once again to a little thing we like to call the Ball on Blast podcast. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander. I'm joined by my dude, Mr. Andrew Webster. Webby, what is good? A uh, less than a week, we have real NBA basketball, and we still have one huge, giant question mark right now heading into this season. It's great, but I, like I love that the action's right around the corner. But man, every day, like I've still got the Woj notifications going on in my phone, and every time it lights up, I'm just like, "Oh, is that it? Is that Harden Philly? <laughs> is it? Is that happening right now?" But no, nothing I'm right yet, there man. with you, man. Nothing I'm right yet. there with you, just refreshing Twitter. Like, what's the new news? What's the new news? This is just where we're at. And the NBA is unlike any other league in terms of gripping our attention when there are no real games on because it's a preseason. But that doesn't mean that the hot stove isn't burning in terms of drama. So coming up on this show, we'll discuss Giannis staying in Milwaukee, James Harden and his saga continues in Houston. We'll do a season preview rapid fire style with kind of predictions and stuff in terms of who's going to win which conference, who's going to the finals, who's going to win MVP, all that fun stuff. But of course, as always, we start with your Toronto Raptors and you know, some preseason takeaways. And I think the biggest news of the preseason by far is that the hopes of Giannis coming to Toronto are dashed for uh, now, <laughs> for now we, right? But we we were talking about this. We kind of right. knew this, right? I mean, it was kind of a pipe dream as is that this was all going to blow up in Milwaukee's face right now. But mm-hmm. that five-year record-setting, what, 288 million? 228 million. Uh, the thing that I was going to say is, oh, what kind of odds are you going to give me that he's going to complete all five years in Milwaukee? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing from a lot of sides. Again, as you mentioned, we've been here telling you guys that the Giannis of Toronto thing, cool if it happens, whatever. But I I said, I wasn't going to sit here, you know, wishful thinking or buying into, you know, oh, this was put out or that was put out. We even tried to tell you gently that that video that the Raptors put out in open gym didn't mean what people were trying to tell you that it it (laughs) meant. And so it's like, here we are. He resigns as we said he was going to resign because the signs were there all along if you were paying attention, right? We talked about week after week on this podcast from the beginning of when free agency opened up and the Bucks made that trade. There's no way that they make that trade and give up all those assets without Giannis knowing. We know because Brian Windhorse reported it that Bogdan and Giannis talked and they were excited about playing against each other. Or playing with each other, pardon me. But we also now know that against each other. now they will be playing against each other because we also know that the NBA kind of stepped in and said, no, 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 that deal's not going down. And we never really heard of that again, right? So once all those things were happening, then you add in the Bam and the Miami Heat situation where Bam and him have the exact same agent. The Heat are obviously one of the suitors for Giannis they would have an inclination on whether or not he's going to resign or not. And when Bam resigned for his max, 
you knew that that the chances meant that Giannis was probably going to stay or at least that he was leaning towards staying. And I feel like all that happened was he took his time to think about it. (laughs) And something else we brought up, Webby, if I'm not mistaken, we talked about it on the pod. The fact that Giannis, we've been spoiled over all these years about Kawhi and Anthony Davis and Paul George and LeBron in terms of thinking that all stars are the same and all their mentalities are the same. And so we look at Giannis as if he did something super weird because he took his time to think about signing a five-year, $228 million Supermax deal to stay in Milwaukee. Like, that's all that happened. He thought about it. He came back to training camp, and he thought about it, and then he decided to sign. Absolutely, and he's a different cat. You know, like we say, he's got a different background than a lot of di- NBA stars. He's got a, he had a different path to the NBA as a lot of these other guys did. Uh, and, and so you can't fault a guy for doing that. Absolutely not. And you know what? As much as, uh, uh, you know, I have my problems with Giannis as a finisher in the NBA playoffs, yeah, yeah. I'm really happy for the fans of the Bucks, uh, because that's a team that throughout, I mean, our history mm-hmm. and how long we've been alive, we've seen maybe like two or three good Bucks moments. Uh, not a lot to cheer about. Shouts you know? to Big Dog and, and uh, Ray Allen. <laughs> and Ray Allen. And Andrew Bogut, too. You know, like oh, those were good oh, teams. Yes. Uh, but now they've got this guy uh, who is right now, you know, premier player in the NBA, uh, MVP, defensive player of the year, a force to be reckoned with in the regular season. And so I'm happy <laughs> that the Bucks fans like have their guy. I'm happy that he's excited. I like what he had to say about like, I have two goals in life right now and it's bring Milwaukee a championship and have kids here. Like that's really cool to see. Uh, We obviously know that the Bucks were the leaders of the um, uh, protests NBA wise in the bubble. And Giannis was a big part of that. So everything on paper is really cool and really great. And you want to see, if they can, if Giannis can prove me, prove me wrong, kids, if Giannis can prove me wrong and get over that hump, because yeah. again, like you'd, you want to see it for a guy like that and a team like that and a city like that. No, I totally agree. And the, the part too, that we not forget, but sometimes gets overlooked is a connection that he's made within that community. Yeah. And yeah, we've seen other people, you know, obviously LeBron in Cleveland, and we've seen LeBron leave Cleveland twice. We get that. But Giannis, one of the things he talked about was he didn't want – he was joking. He's joking around, but you know there's some truth to it. Yeah. It's like he didn't want to see his jersey getting burned, right? Yeah. Like the, yeah. the fans and of Milwaukee, that matters to him, right? Yeah. That matters to him a lot. And, and the city did a lot to take him in, and they've treated his family well. And, you know, that means something. And so – the talk, the talk I didn't really understand was the quick flip to, oh, well, he's going to leave in two years anyways, just because we've seen that's what all sports That's what I do. think. Yeah, right. And, and but, it's like, but, he's but if totally you're Milwaukee, right. who cares? Yeah, he's totally in his right to. Absolutely. But yeah. you're still going to get it. If you're a Milwaukee fan, you're like, so what? He's got two yeah. years of his prime right now to try that's and win you a chip and play as hard as he can for your city. Mm-hmm. And honestly, right now, like the NBA is at a – funny um like nexus point right where we've been talking about and it's been talked about in nba circles everywhere about player empowerment era and it's so funny that the two sides of the coin that have been going on this past week and we're going to get to harden obviously Mm -hmm. and Giannis, and 
just those the diametrically opposed uh, ways that that these two guys are playing out right now in their yeah. situations. It's just fascinating. It's great. It is super fascinating to see how these things are going. And you flip it from, of course, for the Bucks, it's great. As long as you can have Giannis and your team is relevant, you take that. If it's one year, if it's two years, if it's whatever, cool, you take that. And from Giannis's side, rule number one, always secure Get the paid. bag. Get paid. Get right? paid. Get paid. Get paid. No matter paid. what, always secure the bag and figure out the rest later on. They've shown you – they they. Um, I think it was Shams maybe that had the full breakdown of what happened in the meetings and they met twice full sit downs with the owners and they laid out their plan for the future. And I think the big deal that he wanted to know was, okay, going to get drew holiday. That's an upgrade. That's showing him that you're trying to make moves, but also he always wanted to know that there was a commitment that they would go into the tax if they needed to, to spend money, which they didn't do to keep his boy Brogdon. Right. So all of those things were, what he wanted to know, what he wanted to hear. Is there a commitment from ownership to invest within the community as he's going to invest his future in that community as well? And there you are. So it's great news for them. Not so good news for the Raptors as when the news broke, plan B was actually trending in Canada to which I was confused for a split second until I realized that people are talking about what's Maasai and the Raptors plan B. That makes sense. Giannis was supposedly plan A for next offseason, but... That's crazy. If that's your plan A, that's nuts. That, because that, I also... So yeah, go on, go on. Sorry. I, there's no way, no possible way, trying to convince Giannis to uh, turn down a Supermax contract with the team that drafted him to come to Toronto of all places. Listen, I love Toronto. It's a great city, best city in the world. They have a chip. They have the best executive in the league, but it's not like you're going to play with LeBron or you're going to go play with yeah. Luca. You know, I, I for there, there was no way that was Toronto's plan. A Messiah is too smart for that to have been his plan. A. I also think too, it's, it's the part that a lot of Raptors fans and media, I think that were putting out this narrative of Giannis coming to Toronto. The part I think nobody really brought up nearly enough was okay, cool, so Giannis comes here, but are Pascal and Fred and, let's say, OG? Who knows what OG's going to resign for, but Norm, I'm pretty sure, is a free agent after this year. So, again, stick with me here. Giannis leaving to come play with Pascal and Fred, is that better than Drew Holiday and uh, Chris Middleton? Middleton? (laughs) And I know that Drew Holiday is a free agent going into next season, but you would assume that if they have a good year he would stay so that was a part that was never really talked about it's not like he's leaving a situation for a way better situation right it's not like you're going to play with jimmy and bam in miami lateral move at best exactly and that was a part that i thought you know the raps if they still had Kawhi, maybe and then you're talking about adding Giannis. do you know what i mean like that's the thing that never really made sense to me the raptors roster is nice but I don't think that it was miles above the Bucks roster that he no. was going to just run and leave there to come here just because. Yeah. Um, but and in terms of the without, Raptors. Now you're without Serge and Gasol too, right? So it's even true, like which we'll, less. Oh, we will get to that for sure. <laughs> um, but now if we are talking about the Raptors plan B in terms of free agency anyways, right? 
what do you think plan B is? If I go through the 2021 list of free agents, you know, you got Oladipo, Rudy Gobert, Mike Connolly, Chris Paul, Kawhi, who has a player option. He still might re-up. DeMar DeRozan, Andre Drummond, Drew Holiday, as mentioned, also with the player option. Evan Fournier, Kyle Lowry, and Bradley Beal with the player option. I'm asking you kind of what is what do you think the Raptors plan should be going forward if Giannis was the big chip that you were trying the big whale that you were trying to bring in and now that's off the table what's the move here if you're talking about the franchise going forward well I think that the last two names that I mentioned in Gasol and Ibaka makes me think that size is going to be what they're going to be looking for because I mean, especially with Giannis off the table now, next year's free agency class is not great. But if you could swing getting Gobert or if you can even bring in Drummond, these guys are size and you've got a pretty good nucleus of frontcourt players and backcourt players and adding a guy like Gobert to the mix, I don't think is that bad. Now, I think if you did that, the fans might be disappointed. I, I don't think that... Like you say, if you don't get Kawhi to turn down the player option and come back to Toronto, mm-hmm. basically Raptor fans are going to see it as a failure, which is crazy because, yeah. like we always say, put your trust in Masai. But I would think that if he were looking towards next year, it would be trying to add size to the roster. Yeah, it's tough, right? And I think the Raps, the mentality has got to kind of stay the same in terms of continuing to build your program, continuing to develop talent and keep just building assets in the hopes that one day you can level up again through a trade and we'll get to James Harden. Cause there's an opportunity possibly to level up right now, but the list of free agents is interesting, but I don't really think anyone really stands out that I'd want to go out on a limb and overpay I do find it funny that some Raptors fans were so quickly trying to talk themselves into Kawhi again. I know. It's great. (laughs) After all the saltiness and slander thrown at Kawhi and the Clippers not too long ago, all of a sudden now it's like, oh, well, maybe Kawhi. (laughs) And I'm like, hold on. I tried to tell everyone at the time, like, maybe you guys should ease off on the Kawhi slander because there could be a scenario where he's available again. And I don't think he'd be too mad if he decided to come back to Toronto. I don't think, I don't, I'm not saying that that's a realistic thing. I'm just saying maybe that's not going to happen if y'all are out here slandering the man's name <laughs> and having him trending for all the wrong reasons. Are we going to get his flights back on CP24? Is that going to be <laughs> sure. what the next step Whatever is? it takes. Whatever, Whatever it, takes. it takes. Oh, man. I mean, it, it's, it's interesting, though, because another thing that's on the table right now is, is OG going to resign? What number does that come up at? That's going to be super interesting. But I think, you know, you got Freddie, you got Pascal. Those are kind of like your key cogs. And then you just keep trying to build pieces around them that are just fit into your program in terms of guys that are going to grind it out, play defense, play hard every night. And that way you keep chipping away, chipping away. You maintain a level of, you know, just, sustainable success meaning you're in the playoffs you're in contention every single year the fan base will take that and hopefully one day you're able to ante up that might be on the table right now which we'll get to kind of soon but i'd say in terms of the raptors preseason not going to break down the preseason kyle didn't even play in the preseason pascal was on the floor but 
I wasn't really that impressed, but it's a preseason, so who cares? Yeah. And, you know, people that want to be like, oh, cool, Malachi Flynn can play. At least yeah. you know Malachi Flynn can play, which you're not really that surprised at. No, we knew that. Masai we knew that. And Bobby, you yeah, exactly. trusted in what they were doing, right? But, uh, I mean, great defender. My guy doesn't look shook. I like that he comes off screens with confidence, pulling threes. He'll That's be cool. Let it fly. He'll be Let getting minutes. Cook. He'll be getting minutes when the season starts. Nothing wrong with that at all. Um, I do like that move by the Raps. So it does look look pretty good. They have one more preseason game left, or I guess maybe by the time people are listening to this, it might be after that. Right. But either way. Uh, I want to ask you, Webby, what do you think, where do you think the Raptors will finish this season? What are your expectations for them this season? Well, it's funny, right? Because it's not one through eight are guaranteed a playoff spot. We've got to, we've got to play in tournament, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I, I, I think that you look at the Eastern Conference and the improvements that were made by a couple of teams. You look at, obviously, Brooklyn bringing in uh, Kyrie and KD. And then both you and I really liked the, what the Wizards did in the offseason and bringing in Russ. We had our NBA fantasy draft, and oh, yeah. somebody got Russ and somebody got Bradley Beal. <laughs> and so it's like we're in on the Wizards right now. I like now. it. I like it. So, like, there's a couple of teams that made significant improvements while the Raptors, uh, I don't know if it is going to be addition by subtraction and losing the two older guys, but with the way that this team is coached, which Mm -hmm. is very well, and the way that this team has been put together by, like you say, by Bobby and by Masai, I would be hard-pressed to think that, you know, they're not going to be a top seven seed what and, and yeah. what is it is it the top seven make the playoffs yeah, so the play-in tournament is basically seven eight nine and ten that becomes a play-in tournament so and they're definitely going to make the play in at least the play-in tournament i think that if they make it any further above that if they guarantee themselves a spot in the playoffs i think that that should be seen as a huge victory by raptors fans i totally if they agree do that means nick nurse is coach of the year hands down I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not going to go that far. I'm not going to go that. It's very rare too that you ever see coach of the year in back-to-back years. But also, I just think, you know, people kind of know what the Raptors deal is at this point, right? In the in terms of you might not be familiar with all the names, but they're going to be able at a certain level to plug and play and they're going to play hard night in night out. And we talk about this all the time on this pod about when you get to a certain, there's certain teams in the NBA, there's certain organizations that you know that they're going to be a 500 team just because they play hard every night. That's yeah. worth a 500 record in the NBA playing hard night. And in, in the night East out. and in the East that gets you a top seven seed. Yeah. I mean, I see the Raptors. I, I agree with you. A six seed. I see them in, in that mix for sure. And to me, I t- 1000% agree with you. Avoid the play in tournament. And that should be deemed as a success to me anyways, because this team will play hard because that's what they do. The one thing is the East did get better, right? I think that six to 10, six to 11, it's kind of like it, it's spicy, right? If you look at all those teams, so I think the East got better. I don't know if the Raptors did. They still have Kyle, but I think they miss Serge and Mark because yeah. of something we talk about a lot, grown-ups. You yeah. need grown-ups that contribute on your team. Is and Kyle the those only grown-up now? Is he really the only grown-up? No, but I'm saying like, you know, Fred is 
Fred's not young. Fred's, right. Fred's not a young guy anymore. Pascal's not a young guy anymore. Per and se. these guys have all won a championship as well. For sure. But They've those guys there. are like three years in the league, four years into the league. You know what I mean? Like they've been in the league. Yes. But I'm talking like vet grown ass, you know what you're going to get from these dudes. And you know, when I'm saying you're losing to grownups in terms of, it's a thing that doesn't really show up in the stat sheet, but Mark Gasol and what he brought to the team. I know it was a fight I had with Raptors fans all season, but the ball movement when the offense stalled and Marcus Gasol's ability to create an open shot for someone else or to just create extra added ball movement, that's going to be missed a lot. Ball movement yeah. is huge, especially in an offense when you don't have a guy that you can just dump it to and he can get a bucket. Look at Lakers Twitter right now, and they're falling in love with Marcus Gasol during the preseason. Oh, yeah. They're all going crazy just watching what he's done to their offense. And then with Serge, Serge was massive for the Raps because when shit hit the fan, you could always run that pick and roll with Serge and either my guy's going to get a bucket or he can pick and pop, hit a three. Serge could give you, you could count on Serge for that 12 to 14 points per game a night. And then if need be, if someone was hurt or every once in a while, Serge would be able to hit you with a 20 to 25 point game. Where is that coming from now? Not Aaron Baines. Right, I don't. I don't think so. I don't really see it. He gives you other. He gives you other things for sure. But he definitely or, doesn't give you that kind of ability, that offensive ability that Gasol or Ibaka had. Even though that they were completely different players, Aaron Baines isn't giving you either one of those things right now. It's true, right? And so, who does that now for the Raps when you, when you need? You know, there's certain nights where it's like, oh. Fred didn't have a shooting, didn't have a good shooting night. Is it going to be Norm that steps up consistently to give you that 20, to give you that 18? Is that going to be OG this year? Right? Like there's just a lot of question marks if you ask me. And then the other part is vets are just better at handling depth in terms of knowing things like, oh, a lot of guys are down. I got to step up tonight. Right? Like they're knowing how to manage their way through a season. That's what I mean about grownups. And hey, I don't want people to take this as a knock against the Raptors because these are just question marks. But the one thing we know is the Raptors always play above expectations and they're going to do that again. Organization. That's, that's what that is, right? Cause their bench unit. Now you're, you're looking at their bench now. And instead of surgeon and, and norm coming off the bench, it's going to be who norm, Matt Thomas, Chris Boucher. Those are your first bodies coming off the bench. Like that's not, something that you're going to be able to rely on night in night out in the NBA in a tough season where already you're being asked to play all road games because you're in Tampa. Like that's a lot for a team to go through. And I think the fact that the Raptors will come out of that and play pretty decent because of their organizational strength, that's the win. Do you know what I mean? I feel like a lot of franchises would fold under these situations. You see the pictures today of where their practice facility is? It's a ballroom in a hotel. (laughs) It's like being back in the bubble. Yeah. They converted a ballroom of a hotel into the Raptors practice facility. I'm just saying this is a lot for a team to deal with. And so what I'm saying, they're going to come in six. To me, that's a massive, massive accomplishment. And man, that's everything that they have to deal with. That's what I mean about Nick Nurse, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you say you haven't seen a lot of uh, Coach of the Years going back-to-back, but, man, taking a team to a different country, setting up shop there, getting rid of two veteran stars, guys who were all-stars, mm-hmm. and, and taking this team and getting them into a top-six seed, 
that would be in, an incredible job and not one that I think is beyond what Nick Nurse can do as a coach, man. I've just been so impressed by him, and so is everybody else in the league. Yeah, I mean, all road games because you're playing in Tampa, a practice facility, that's a, a really just a ballroom in a hotel. You have some players who are still looking for places to live as yeah. of right now in Tampa. Oh, yeah, and all while still dealing with being in the middle of a pandemic. Like, that's a lot to overcome for this Raptors team. And I don't think many organizations would be able to deal no. at all with this, and they would fail just off the bat. But the Raptors, I still think, will find a way to compete play hard every night and be a solid middle of the road playoff team in the East. And to me, that's a win. That's, that's a win for this Raptors team. If you ask me um, my next question though, as we look at the Raptors season, who's the most interesting story in terms of a player perspective from Toronto Raptors this season? Honestly, I have a different one than you. I, I like your answer, but mine is OG. Okay. Mine is to see OG take that next step. We saw him level up. Uh, last year get uh, even better but I think mm -hmm. that the skill set this kid has and honestly like the whole steez and his whole personality I think is so special that it's something that the Raptors can really tap into and a guy you talk about that this is a guy in my mind that has to be top of the list on who you're going to re-sign and make part of this franchise going forward. I think his skill set is unbelievable. He only has room to grow. He's an excellent defender, but his whole demeanor, his whole like, yo, I'm serious. I'm never smiling yeah. is so good and fits in so well with this team. It's yeah. incredible. And I think this year is a year you really see him. Like we saw Pascal, remember last year at the beginning of the year, halfway through the year, they're like, mm -hmm. can somebody win a most improved player twice? It wouldn't <laughs> shock me if OG takes that step and wins most improved player this year. This has to be a good year for OG. I mean, it's been last year for sure. If you go back to the conversations people were having about OG and Anobi heading into last season, they were saying a lot of the same things this year. And while he looked good in spurts, it still wasn't consistent. I think you still want to see some consistent scoring to where my guy's at least averaging in that 12 to 15 points per game range. And he wasn't there last season. It, it wasn't there. You saw flashes. You saw glimpses of his offensive games, game yeah. improving. You saw his handle improve. I think his three-point shot improved. The defense is consistent. No doubt about that. But offensively, you want to see his game continue to evolve because if he is a key piece of your team going forward, you need to be a little more than just a defensive stopper. Yeah. Right? Or, or the Raptors need to have a higher level of a superstar. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. But at this point, the way that the team is currently constituted, you need more scoring consistently from OG. So, yeah, I agree with you. That is definitely an interesting storyline, but I'm going to kind of cheat because I have two. And first one is Pascal. Hey, man, it's well, our show. Yeah. We make up the rules, right? That's we make true. Up the rules. And, we can and do whatever Pascal's, we want. <laughs> Pascal's the easy answer, especially after Pascal is what he didn't do in yes. the bubble. Exactly. Super easy answer is Pascal Siakam because it is, hey man, you're the max money guy. You are the guy on the billboards. You're the guy making the big bucks. You are the leader, the face of the franchise. And so it's going to be on you. With all that comes great expectations. And it's going to be very interesting to see how he bounces back from what happened in the bubble. And we're going to talk about the Clippers later on. And I'm going to say the same thing I'm going to say now in terms of I'm not going to overreact to what happened in the bubble. 
because I feel like different people are reacted to that in different ways. So I don't think that Pascal is now, oh, it's terrible and they wasted their money. I'm not doing that, right? Like that's not the side that I'm on. But I am very interested to see how he comes back stronger and what little, you know, parts of his game he's added and worked on in this offseason because we've seen him improve in each and every year. But now when we talk about the levels to this shit, that in terms of what the NBA is and the levels to being a star to an all-star to a superstar, if he is to continue on this trajectory, now the scouting reports out, you're not surprising anyone anymore. People know who you are. They know your game. And now it's going to be on you to continue to put in the work to improve. And will he do that is going to be one of the most interesting storylines that I'm going to be following this season because Pascal especially because the next guy I'm going to talk about, it's going to be very interesting, but because of Pascal being the guy getting the most touches and being quote unquote, the man, the raps are going to go as far as he's going to take them. That's it's got to be this season where the transition happens from Kyle being that guy to Pascal or maybe Fred, but I would assume it's got to be Pascal. That kind of leads me into Kyle. And I know this might warm your heart as a Philly guy. Kyle has a special place in your heart too. But Kyle's farewell. How is this going to come to an end? Like, is this the end for Kyle in Toronto? And that's going to be a storyline that I don't know how it's going to go down because it's very weird in the sense that obviously he's a free agent after this season. But do you trade him? Do you try to get something for him at the deadline? Does it depend on where the Raptors are in the playoff race? What does he want to do? Does he want to go make another run at a championship? Like, how does this end, this chapter end in terms of what a lot of people will tell you is the greatest Raptor of all time? Legacy-wise, the GOAT Raptor, Kyle Lowry, how is this going to end? And that I'm interested to see because it's going to be weird, right? Especially in Tampa, there's not really Raptors fans. So it's, it just adds weird layers to it. And how is that going to go? Kyle being salty with the media if, as the season progresses and more and more questions start popping up about trade rumors and stuff like that, right? It's going to be really weird. And I'm, gonna, I'm interested to see how that plays out. How does he handle you know, being the OG Raptor? Is he ready to, to pass it along, pass the torch to Pascal and Freddie? I don't know. I, Those two I, things I, interest me. Yeah, I think that halfway through the season is going to kind of determine what happens to him. But just tell him to get the master's hat ready and, and get those combative <laughs> answers with the – like, it, it's the best. And He was at it today. Was he really already? Yeah, he, he spoke for the first time today in, like, for media day, for all yeah. the preseason. He spoke for the first time today, and he was just going at the media. It was pretty funny. Like, his normal Kyle stuff. And they were yeah. joking around back back and forth with him as well, asking him how he's enjoying it down there. And he's like, good, because I'm far away from you guys. Like, playing it was golf. Really were they funny. asking him about golf? Oh, yeah. And he's like, yeah, oh, I only play the best. the best courses. Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was, he was in fine form today. So it's like, enjoy that. Enjoy this, what could be the final, you know, go the final season of Kyle Lowry in a Raptors uniform. Cause it's been a crazy, crazy, crazy ride. And I'm interested to see how that ends for sure. Absolutely. Um, I I do hope that it ends in a Raptor uniform though. It would be too weird to see him on the Knicks or even with the Sixers, you know, it would just be strange. Yeah. A deadline deal, sending him to like the Sixers or sending him to like 
the Although Clippers it may, or something like the that. The Sixers would make sense, right, to like the mm-hmm. homecoming thing for the last stretch to see if they can get into the into the playoffs. But nah, you know, it, even so I don't want to see that. And I don't think that they would trade him to a team that they would then play in the playoffs. Right. Right. Like that wouldn't happen. Right. So it'd be, it'd be, it's interesting, but it's going to be fun to see how it all plays out. Um, Speaking of seeing how things play out as of right now, I mean, I guess we should do a check. Actually, I don't have to do that because I messaged someone. I won't mention who it is, but I'll tell you. I didn't message someone. I'm like, listen, if this news goes down within the next hour, send me a message <laughs> so that it pops up. Oh, you got the notification set. I, like I got Woj. I got Woj notifications, <laughs> man. Do not worry. Do I not like, worry. I if like anything it. happens, we will know. As the saga continues for Mr. James Harden, the latest as of us taping this on Thursday night, the latest from Woj and Ramona Shelburne. First, the Rockets are increasingly expanding trade discussions on James Harden, but beyond his preferred destinations of Brooklyn and Philadelphia. While the Sixers have signaled a willingness to include all-star Ben Simmons in a trade package for Harden, those talks have come nowhere close to a deal. Sources said, followed up by Shams, who says the Sixers have made Ben Simmons available in some packages with the Houston Rockets for James Harden. But then Shams followed that up with, in response, Sixers basketball operations, sorry, in response, Sixers president of basketball operations, Daryl Morey said, quote, we are not trading Ben Simmons. He is an important part of our future. Close quote. What is happening here? What? Okay, so the the easy answer for me is that this is Maury and Fertitta or Fertata or whatever the guy's name is. Tillman Fertitta, yeah. uh, Negotiating through the press. Mm -hmm. My phone just buzzed and I was like, oh my God. Uh, Negotiating through the press. Obviously, the deal on the table for me, obviously, the deal on the table for Ben Simmons or for James Harden is Ben Simmons and not much else more. Yeah. For sure. And Maury is being, I, I think that what he's trying to do is limit how much more than Simmons he's going to give up to get Harden. Sure. And the Fertitta is saying through the press, obviously, no, no, that's not good enough. We're going to open, open it up to who, who else would tell me the other right. teams that are in this sweepstakes. Exactly. And then why would he even put in Brooklyn in that statement? You know, yeah. it's, it's crazy, but, but honestly, uh, uh, who do you think? What, what other teams would be in So, that? no, I, I think you're right. This is all just, you know, pandering and, and negotiating through the press. And also, like, Daryl Morey, why is Daryl Morey telling Shams we're not trading Ben yeah. Simmons? Like, that would never really happen. And, and even if it did happen, I recall, if you go back to last season, there were reports that Daryl Morey also said, I'm not trading Chris Paul. <laughs> right and then that happened while yeah. everyone was saying oh the rumors on the table chris paul for russell westbrook and he said no it's not happening and then it happened yeah. so we all know this is just negotiating through the media the interesting part to me in all this is james Harden's playing like right now or maybe right they now. just finished right now <laughs> <laughs> right he's playing for the rockets in the preseason and that makes this even more weird because I still don't understand the leverage that the Rockets think they have. And they already went through this situation with Russell Westbrook. If you read some of the reports, 
Russell, the trade offer for Russell Westbrook for John Wall was on the table for weeks, even going back to the draft. Yeah. The issue was, again, the Rockets wanted more assets. And, and the Wizards were like, no, right? So they were asking for more things. And, and the Wizards are just like, no, we'll give you a first-round pick, a protected first-round pick. And at first, the Rockets said no. And then eventually, they came back around and said, okay, fine. We'll take this deal for John Wall and a, pro- a heavily protected first-round pick. And now I think the exact same thing is happening, where – They've gone to the Sixers. They've asked for all these things. And the Sixers are like, no, this is what we'll give you. Yeah. And they're doing one last go round. One last check. Anybody, last call, last call. Exactly. Last call at the bar, last call for alcohol. And hey, anyone else have any offers that can beat this? But who is giving you something like Ben Simmons in terms of. Ben Simmons was was like. Third team All NBA last year, Ben Simmons. It, like, how much better are you going to get if you're trading away James Harden in terms of also a young All Star? Yeah, right. Like, it's not going to get much better than that. And I'm hoping I tweeted it out. I'm really hoping that Masai is out here trying to jump into this and swoop in and get James Harden somehow. But what, what, I don't think that's do realistic. What do they? But, what do the Raptors have to give up? It's not going to be a better offer than, than Ben, ben Simmons. Simmons, right? So it, it's super interesting to see how this is going to play out. But it's got to be ending soon because the season starts next it's, week. It's in, the season that just started. In, it's like the season starts in like four days. And the, the other part is, how is my guy playing in games right now? <laughs> I'm <laughs> trading for James Harden, right? And he like twists his ankle in a game and I'm knocking on wood. Cause obviously we don't want that to happen, but how ridiculous is this? Right. I'm not, if I'm really interested in getting a superstar, you need to be holding them out of these games. Yeah. So it's a weird, crazy game of chess being of, played right of, now. I, of chicken. Yeah. Forget chess. It's chicken. It's <laughs> for Tina and Maury staring at each other and who's going to blink first, man. And yeah. Seriously, if Maury blinks first and says, "All right, there, it's off the table," then the Rockets are effed because he's not going to play for the team. Or if he is, he's going to be like, like we're going to get to. He's going to be found out what he's going to be doing. (laughs) You know. So yeah, let's let's get to that because there's been a lot of uh, shade being thrown around. First off, the picture of James Harden after the first game, or I guess before the first game that he played in, that like my guy looked like he was packing a few extra LBs, right? <laughs> he but, wasn't like, remember before the bubble when he was like walking down that oh, hill yeah. with like, and he, you were like, holy shit, is that Moses? Yeah, or is that yeah, James yeah. Harden? He looked like great shape. Now it's like, oh boy. Yeah. Like Harden's on the Andrew Webster diet. I see. I like it. <laughs> yeah. I like it. But it was just funny because it was just like, people could f- were finding like other frames and other photos where you could just see that, oh, he doesn't look that bad. Like, this is just an angle. It's like, right. I thought we, we all learned all from the, the Drake song, man. You got to hit the mangles, man. Yeah. Right? I, I thought we learned that already. But either way, so much going on this week. And one of the bombshells was an ESPN article in which it's just mega shade thrown oh. at James Harden, right? And How much, how much did Fertitta pay? ESPN to get this <laughs> but story I don't out. get why but I don't get why this would happen like think about the Jedi mind trick here 
what if it was D'Antoni, right, leaking all this to try to sour James Harden so that, you know, trying to sour the appearance of James Harden so that his trade value goes down so then the Nets could get him for less. That's because where are all these things coming Right? Playing them. That's chess moves right there. Because think That's about it. it. Okay. So basically the article is about how Harden got his way at every turn. He ran the organization. He set the practice times, the practice schedules. Um, but we knew. Player, didn't, he was in charge of player this? and coaching personnel moves. But there were like some details in there. But I feel like what my favorite quote was, was this, this one here. Quote, if they have multiple days off, everyone knows James is going to fly somewhere else and party. Uh, of note, Andrew Webster, a member of last season's coaching staff said, uh, I'm just uh, saying, I'm just saying, right? Okay. To continue, quote, but he's going to come back and have a 50-point triple-double. So they were okay with that. I'm okay. Hey. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that too. Whatever, whatever you need to do to get yourself in the right mental state to check into Damn. the game and hit us with those 50 pieces, do what you do. But the article also stated that he basically got McHale fired. It talked about how that. Chris Paul, how Harden basically got Kevin McHale fired. We knew that though. And we how knew that about Chris CP, Paul complained right? about the offense and how he didn't like that James Harden just stood around when he didn't have the ball. He wasn't like participating in the offense. He would just stand there. Talked about Russ really didn't like the lack of discipline. Told the story about Russ being mad at a team meeting because Harden was late. And he decided to go get his COVID test like way later than everyone else, which was then pushing back a film session. And Russ was then in the film session saying, just start without him. Just start without him. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And they're like, no, well, we have to wait for him or else we'll just have to do this again when he comes. And Russ didn't like it. There's no discipline. And that's really why Russ wanted out because things never started on time. Harden was always late for everything. And there's just no accountability had at all. So, to me, Webster, what do you think about all this in terms of the Rockets or someone throwing out all this slander? Does this make you view Harden in a different light that you wouldn't want him on your team? Or are you no. okay with all this? No, because I'll take you back up to that quote. I'll take you back up to that quote. Yeah. But he's going to come back and have a 50-point <laughs> triple-double. So they're okay with it. Yeah. Okay. I understand. And listen, this has been the knock on Harden since he got to Houston. The team's boring to watch. Uh, he parties too much. He's out of shape. He dribbles yeah. too much. He ball hogs too much. You know what? He's the best offensive player in the game, and he has been for the last four or five years since he left Oklahoma City. He's been the most efficient shooter. He's changed the NBA offensively. Okay. Preach. Like, I don't care. Like, I'll, you want to chart. Listen, they picked Meek Mill up from jail. I'm sure they can fly you down to Atlanta for the weekend if the Sixers are taking the weekend off, man. Like, Here, here's as, a as long as you're going to come on the court and produce, like, I know that the playoff thing is, is that's really more the black stain on his record than mm -hmm. any of this other stuff. But there are mitigating factors in playing the West, you know, whatever. He doesn't show up. Sometimes he had he did play good games. He's not quite Paul George level of not showing up for the playoffs. But man, it does not matter to me. It 
if you're that good, show up late for, for film, man. And, and there's, if you're Russ and you can't deal with it, that's fine. We can yeah. find you another place to play. But this is James Harden who can uh, – how many players in the league can get you a 50-point triple-double? How many? Yeah. Two? No, it's, it's true. No, it's very true. And, and the other part of this is, you know, one, the Rockets have to take some of the blame for all this too because I'm sure some of this stuff came from the Rockets organization. And there was a great quote in it as well where it said you can't get mad at your kid if you let him eat candy every night and then suddenly one night you don't and they throw a tantrum you're the one who let him eat candy every night the rockets turn their organization over to james and now they have to live with the fallout close quote that to me is the ultimate bar because at the end of the day Newsflash, first off, because I saw a lot of people slandering james harden for going out and partying and whatever and doing all these things a lot of professional athletes do the exact same thing, right? Newsflash. And all the people on the high horse now trying to like slander James Harden for whatever, whether he's coming in out of shape and trying to play himself in the shape or for Harden deciding that he wants to go out and party when they have extra nights off in the NBA. I'm going to guess that if you were in the exact same situation and you had the ability to do the exact same thing, catch me at magic city, baby. I'm going to guess you might be partaking in the same thing as well. Like if you were able to, if you're in your twenties and you're making millions of dollars and you have a day off, you're able to be like, you know what? Let's get the jet. We're going to go to Vegas for the night to party. Who's not doing that in their 20s? I'm not going to slander James Harden for that. Why? Because as you said, when he steps on the court, he puts in that work. And the playoff failures are one thing. But let's remember, you got to get to that conference final, right? Like we forget they lost in game seven to the Warriors, right? In the conference finals. And Chris Paul. You got to get there, right? You got to get there. A lot of teams don't even get there. So you got to give him credit for that. And I'll always, always, always take the talent and trust in my organization that I'm not going to let him get away with all of those things. You're going to make some, some, uh, you're going to concede some things for sure. You are right. Everything's a negotiation, but there's a hard line at certain points and some things you're going to deem unacceptable. And do you think he'd get away with any of that if he ended up in Miami? Oh, no. Of course not. Not a chance, right? But, you know, but like, again, it's too easy. It's that Maury was the one who kind of put these things in place for Harden. Mm -hmm. And Doc Rivers is a coach who has coached big superstars, big egoed superstars before. Yep. And therefore, it, this trade makes too much sense. It, like, I don't understand where else he's going to go and, and what deal you're going to get better than getting Ben Simmons back. I don't understand. And Meek Mill told us it was going to happen like two weeks ago. And Meek, and Meek told us it was going to happen. <laughs> scoop, scoop. Um, How do you respond? You know? Give me the <laughs> scoop a loop. The, the latest, though, with the rumors to Miami, Miami doesn't want to, I guess, the, I guess the deal would center around Tyler Hero, but they also don't want to throw on Duncan Robinson, which I just find hilarious. Like, really? You don't want to give up Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson for James Harden? That seems kind of stupid. Right? That is, like, if you're asking me. Terrible. <laughs> that's, that's idiotic. I, I would <laughs> trade those guys. 
because I'm trade. like, we're we're Miami, we're Heat culture. Like, we made you. We can yeah. make another one of you. Hundred percent, right? Duncan Robinson, especially Harrow. I, you know, I like Harrow. I think he's got of some course. skills, and I think right. he's got the swag behind him too. But Duncan I like Robinson Hero too. Peace. We're talking about an MVP of this league. I mean, the best basketball <laughs> players in the world. Again, <laughs> name world. me up. Name me the players right now in the NBA can get you a 50-point triple-double. Hey, I'm, I'm not mad at any of this. Who do you think comes out looking worse here, though? Harden or the Rockets? Ah, uh, the Rockets. Yeah, the Rockets. I agree. Because everybody knows this. Everybody knows this about James Harden. Nobody read this story and was like, James Harden likes to party? <laughs> the, the Rockets gave him a lot of control on the team? That's crazy. I didn't, I didn't know that. No, no, it's the Rockets because, yeah. like you say – it takes two to tango. It's yeah. not like Harden walked into the office and said, this is the way it's going to be. It's like, no, they're, they were willing participants in this. Exactly. So, and so it's like the, it's the kid with the candy metaphor, you know? Totally agree. Totally agree. And, you know, we, we mentioned earlier what we're going to do as well and kind of a way to go through the conference or the preview season previews here as the NBA season is just days away. And we still don't know where James Harden's going to be. I'm going to go through kind of like headlines, you know, okay. and give me, I'm going to ask you some rapid fire type questions here. I'm ready. And just ask you, you know, a couple questions, right? So first off, Kyrie Irving <laughs> called the media pawns, right? Then we got him and KD discussing the offense on IG. The Nets now look good in the preseason just because Kevin Durant's back. Cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're going to be good. Right, it's tough to predict what's going to happen because we all know James Harden moving to the East shifts everything. But let's remove James Harden for a sec and let's okay. say, do you see things working out for Brooklyn? And by working out, I mean, do they make at least the conference finals, barring injuries? Uh, yes. And there's two. Uh, there's a two-word reason for that, and it's Kevin Durant. Yes. Okay, like yeah. I know that it's been a year since we've seen this guy play, but mm -hmm. this is like the one of the top three. And again, as LeBron is now a year older, this is like easily one of the best basketball players on the planet right now. So yeah. no matter what team he's on, they're going to have a very good chance to make the conference finals. Oh, I totally agree with you. KD, if he's not one, he's two three maybe, maybe you can talk me into you know what i'm saying but like i'd rather have kd than Giannis. yeah 100 right so like what are we really talking about lebron and that's really you know that's really kind of just og status at this point really you like lebron is still that dude but yeah. consistently you're telling me a healthy kevin durant a fresh kevin durant or hey. a lebron who just played what a month ago out of the yeah. bubble and is already I mean? so I'll already put it out there that he's probably not going to be playing in every game this year. Exactly. But then the other thing is, so, okay, yeah, you've got Kevin Durant, who's, holy shit, like one of the best two players in the NBA. And you also pair him with a healthy Kyrie Irving, so, who's not too shabby himself. Well, this is why I think the Nets will be good with, like, forget about James Harden, right? But this is why I think the Nets will be good regardless, because Kyrie, as we, I know on this pod, when Kyrie got traded to the Celtics, we sat here and we had a discussion and I said, Kyrie Irving has been healthy more in his career than he's been. Sorry. Kyrie Irving has been hurt more in his career than he's been healthy thus far in his career. So for me to assume that Kyrie is going to be healthy for a whole season is tough to do. 
But even if Kyrie were to go down, and again, I'm knocking on wood because, of course, we don't want to see that happen. The Nets are a really good team, right? Like Karis LeVert, Spencer Dimwitty. Like, remember their team and how scrappy they were playing in the bubble, and they were missing how many of their guys. And now you put Kevin Durant on that team, and you say, Kevin Durant, you get to line up with, you know, Karis LeVert, Dimwitty. Plus they still have Joe Harris. Plus they Jared still Allen. they added Shamit, right? Like they got pieces around. And if Kevin Durant is still ninety percent of the Kevin Durant that we've become familiar with, that is a really good team in the East. So now you're just saying, well, whatever we got to do to keep Kyrie healthy and always mentally and physically for a whole season, whatever we got to do to do that, give him rest when he needs, do whatever. That's a conference finals team or a finals team. I don't even see how that's a question. If Kyrie is able to figure some things out, I'll say in a (laughs) polite way, figure out how to deal with the pawns, as he says, right? Also, sorry, just to wrap up this side of the conversation about the Nets. Am I the only one that wouldn't care if Kyrie never spoke to the media over a zoom call and instead decided to talk to Kevin Durant on IG instead every single day. Weren't we talking about this last week? It's like Kyrie's so much better when he gets to control the way that he gets his message out. And he's that kind of cat. Like, like he says some wild things, but we're not getting that if he's on a zoom call with the media. But isn't it more interesting when he's talking about the offense with Kevin Durant on his own? For sure. I think so. For sure. For sure. And and again, I'm not even saying what he said makes made sense because it was wild. He talked about wanting eight posts of the game, right? It's insane. But you're not getting that candid talk from Kyrie, him talking to the media over Zoom every day. So I, I get why I understand why it happens and why it needs to happen, and I understand all that. But I would just wasn't gonna come out here and slander Kyrie for all that like i wouldn't want to talk to the media people every day either right so i totally get it let's keep this rolling though and we'll stick in the eastern conference and simply will the bucks make the nba finals no what (laughs) what have the bucks done with Giannis on their team that would make me believe that they're going to make the nba finals and not only that but like we said the the east has gotten stronger Mm -hmm. um you know the boston i think has gotten better um, I, I think that Philly's going to be better. I think that obviously the Nets and the Wizards are better. Uh, I, I don't think that it's a cakewalk. We're going to talk about the Heat. Yeah, they're bringing back a team that gave the Bucks literal fits, man. And yep. I don't see that much changing. So um, if they do make the NBA Finals, I'll be surprised. And you guys can hit me up on Twitter and tell me how dumb I am. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that it would be the worst thing in the world if they did make the NBA Finals, as we've spoken about because we like Giannis and we like the city of Milwaukee and all that, but no, I don't think that they're going to do it. Yeah. I, I agree with you. And I just think the East is, is way tougher this season and it's just harder to predict. There's so much talk about Giannis's supporting cast. They've improved his supporting cast. Like the bucks are a better supporting cast. Like just by removing uh, Eric Bledsoe and adding Drew holiday. That is a massive, massive upgrade. People don't realize that. Snell is going to be a big a big uh, piece for them as well. They have some pieces on that team that will help their supporting cast that are a little bit better than people are giving them credit for right now. Which is why I think this all comes down to Giannis. 
right? We can say all we want about whatever, but in the end of the day, it comes down to your superstars. And let's be honest, when, the, when we watched the Raptors win the chip, part of that playoff run was Kawhi putting the team on his back and willing them to victory against the Sixers. That just happens sometimes. We haven't seen that yet from Giannis. And you might need to see that if the Bucks are to make the finals. I just think the East is too tough. Like KD is going to be a problem in the East. You mentioned the Heat, which we're going to talk a little bit about next. I think they're still a problem because they got the blueprint on how to slow Giannis down. And it's on him to make the adjustments. I think the East is too much of a powerhouse. The Celtics adding Tristan Thompson to add them a legitimate center in the middle was a big addition to them. If they can get Kemba to stay healthy, at least towards the playoffs, that'll be huge for them. It's just going to be tough in the Eastern Conference. And if I'm a betting man, I don't think the Bucs make the finals. But it does make me ask the question of a team that did make the finals in the East. Are we sleeping on the Heat? Because people aren't really talking about the Heat as much as I feel like they should be coming off a finals appearance. Yeah, I know I am. I mean, they haven't even been. And then, like, when I start to put the top six, top seven, top eight together in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, Miami. They yeah. made the finals. They're, they're a team that's consistent, that's well-coached, that's well-run, and that makes mm-hmm. sense together. And, again, didn't lose much in the offseason, you exactly. know? I agree. I, it's a culture thing, man. And, and, you know, they lose Jay Crowder, but at the same time, it's like, okay, if you're going to lose a piece – you're going to lose Jay Crowder. That's okay. And they just have the, the pieces that they keep plugging in that are able to fit into that culture. You expect Tyler Hero to improve. You expect, you expect Duncan Robinson to improve. I'm interested to see what the Heat do, but I still think they're going to – you expect Bam to improve, right? Bam yeah. is still someone who's continuing to develop and improve. So I'm super interested to see. And Eric Spolstra – which I found very interesting, which makes me think they might be out here trying to get Jimmy Butler. Spolster said recently that he feels that they owe it to Jimmy Butler. They owe it to him to maximize these next three years of Jimmy Butler's contract. I thought that was a very interesting comment to make and to put his name on. So I don't know. That's without, that's with them getting James Harden without James Harden. Same thing. I still think they're a, a force to be reckoned with yeah. in the Eastern conference regardless, but sticking in the East, one last thing with the East, give me a sleeper team. Do we both have the same sleeper team? No, no, better? I got a different one. I, yeah, okay. I know he, okay. w- you got, uh, I'll do mine first. I got the Hawks. Okay. I think that uh, we'll talk about uh, Luca here in a bit, but uh, again, I, we talk about a player who's going to make the leap this year. I think Trey Young uh, has shown amazing flashes. I really like what Atlanta did in the offseason. I think, I, again, I know that this has been a sentence that's been said many a time before on NBA preview podcasts just like ours, but if uh, Danilo Gallinari can stay healthy on this team, I think he could have kind of a like a breakthrough, like throwback year. Uh, he's gifted. Uh, and, and they have a good young nucleus. I, like I say, they made some great moves this offseason. And if there were a team in the East that has been crappy the last couple of years, that's going to make a jump. I think that it's Atlanta to, you know, at least make the uh, make that play in tournament. Yeah, I mean, that's a very interesting pick for sure. I think Atlanta, just to be in the mix would be huge for their organization. And I feel like a team that should be in the mix as well 
are the the wizards we yeah. talked about them before but give me talent i live off of star power in the nba and if you tell me that my team has russell westbrook and bradley beal in the eastern conference i'm gonna take that and so the star power i think the pieces around them are better than people give them credit for but i also don't think like we're not talking about winning the east i'm talking about them being in like sixth place let's go I yeah. think that's a team where Russell Westbrook comes and he changes the way that your team plays. He changes the expectations that your team has because you're going to now play hard every single night. He's going to raise the level of play from the first, the best player on your team to the last player on your team. And he did it. We saw it happen before the bubble in Houston. Once they figured it out and they said, okay, we're going to go small, open up the middle. Everyone else on Houston started playing well until they got to the bubble, Russ got hurt, Russ got COVID. We all know how that ended. Cool. But I'm interested to see how things go for the Wiz. And I think they'll surprise a lot of people and be a lot better. And there'll be points where people will be like, oh, are the Wizards actually good? We'll see that headline on first take a couple times throughout yeah. this season. They've got, a big, they've got a big three in Westbrook, Beal, and Bertans. So I just think, I just think if, you're, if you're lining up duos or you're lining up star players in the Eastern Conference, right, yeah. how many teams have better stars than Russ and Bradley Beal? Right. And you can say the Raptors team is better. Cool. Yeah. I, I, I'll listen to that argument, but I still want to see it play out. So that's the part that's super interesting to me. Uh, let's go to the West. And we'll start here with, I think the biggest talk is will Luca win MVP this season? Hell yes. <laughs> I mean, listen, there is no player that I like rooting for that's not on the Sixers than Luca. Okay. I mean, this kid is 21 years old. We saw the the amazing flashes he showed in the bubble uh, in Dallas's short playoff run. But again, if we talk about, you talked about Pascal going from, you know, star to all-star to superstar, this is, Luca is making these steps. And then yeah. this is the step that he goes from superstar to MVP. And we know he can do it. We know he has the skills. Mm-hmm. I, let's see the kid do it. Like, let's see him cook. I say yes as well, but it's not for the same reason. I think Luca's really good, but I say yes because the media's already decided that they're going to give him MVP, and they decided it from the end of last season. <laughs> so we talk about it all the time. The NBA and MVP is all about storylines, and sometimes heading into a season, you can already see which way the wind is blowing with the media in terms of which way they're going to go with some of these awards. And the narrative is already out there. This is a season for Luca, and you know, I just think that's what it's going to be. I can't believe I neither say, one of us said LeBron. Well, I here's what I'm going to say in terms of long shot bets. It's Kevin Durant. Yeah. I'm going to advise people like long shot bets. Don't sleep on that because if the Nets have a really good season, Kyrie isn't going to take votes away from Kevin Durant like Anthony Davis does with LeBron. Right. Right? Like there's going to be question marks. Oh, okay. The Lakers are really good, but is it LeBron or Anthony Davis? There's going to be some people that are – you know, on the fence, the same thing's not going to happen with the Nets. And if the Nets are really good, Kevin Durant at the odds that he's getting right now might be something to look at people. Just, just throwing that out there. I'm just saying we've been doing this podcast for a couple of years now. This is the first time neither one of us has picked LeBron to win the MVP. Yeah, that's, 
Very interesting. But again, as you said, LeBron has told us he's going to sit out a lot of games. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Um, Another another big storyline in the Western Conference is, will the Clippers be a gong show yet again? Yeah. Yeah, they paid Paul George all that money, and the last time we saw him, he was hitting the side of the backboard. It's just in their nature. It's like there's something that the, the Clippers can't escape in being the little brother in LA yeah. and doing everything wrong. Uh, they will be a gong show. Is Pat Beverly still on their team? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, then yeah. They're going to be a gong show. Do they <laughs> That's still, where your answer lies. Do they, Hold on. Do That's they still have a, is... do they still have a Morris brother on their team? Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. But so do the Lakers. Yeah. But, I, but they have the right Morris twin. I don't know. <laughs> But they have LeBron, so LeBron, LeBron and Jared Dudley, they, they like even out the... Yeah, even and out. Okay. No, okay, it's, they're okay. the Clippers, man. They're always a gong show. Until they prove that they can get over the hump and be a serious NBA contender, which we thought they were last year, they're just... They're the Clippers, man. And the Clippers and gong show are synonymous. See, I go the other way, and I, the Clippers are too good for me to... For them to be the team that people are sleeping on in the West... I just think people are sleeping on them, though, in the sense that if they win the Western Conference, we can't sit here and be like, oh, man, we're stunned. They're a really good team. Kawhi Leonard is still like a top five dude in the league, if not higher than that. But I still think they're deep. And as I said earlier about Siakam, and I told you I was going to say it again later on, I'm not overreacting to what happened in the bubble. The Clippers played horribly down the stretch Kawhi played horribly in those last three games to blow a 3-1 lead to the Denver Nuggets right but much like I said it comes down to Siakam much like I said it comes down to Giannis for the Clippers it's going to come down to Kawhi Kawhi scored 14 points in game seven that's why the Clippers lost and because it's Kawhi and he's you know for all intents and purposes a nice guy or people don't really hate on Kawhi the same way. Like imagine if LeBron scored 14 points per 14 points a game in an, in a a series that they lost in a game seven, the slander would be through the roof. He still gets slandered for JJ Barea, right? And that's how many years later. So my thing is the Clippers, I think they're going to be a good team. I just think, you know, you've had a full off season to kind of disconnect for a bit and, and kind of take a deep breath, take a step back and, and get new perspective on the situation. They have a really good team still. And so I think people are sleep sleeping on them. I think they're going to be a lot more focused coming into the season, understanding the need to take the regular season a little bit more seriously to get more chemistry with the guys. I think Serge Ibaka was a pretty good pickup, although I think they probably should have gotten Mark Gasol, because I think he would have been able to help their team, especially with their lack of a point guard. But I still think they're a good team. And they made some like sneaky moves. Like Luke Kennard isn't great, but he's at least he can go to the bench. Yeah, he can go to the bench and he can give you some minutes, right? Or if Kawhi does load manager, has a night off, he's a solid, like he's a serviceable NBA player, right? So they made, and they still got Lou Will. Lou Will's still going to be a six-man of the year coming off the bench and cooking. Don't hate on Lou Will. Lemon Pepper mm. Lou, he's still out here cooking. So 
don't sleep on the Clippers. But if we're going to talk about real sleeper teams, because the Clippers, I still think, wouldn't really surprise people Not if they made the conference right. finals. Who are we sleeping on, on in the West? Who will be better than we think? Are we talking about a team that could find themselves in a conference finals, in a conference semifinals? Or, like, yeah, like if it's or are a team we talking that, about that, a or, or shitty team that's going to make you know the playoffs? Because I'll give you one of each. Sure. You can give me whatever you want, Webby. Whatever you want. <laughs> this is our podcast. Show, we can do whatever we want. So my team that's going to be better this year than they were last year and may make a push for the playoffs is Sacramento Kings. Okay. I really like De'Aaron Fox a lot, man. Mm-hmm. I really think that he's badass. And Marvin Bagley Jr., he was real nice last year before he got hurt. Yeah. And that's yeah. a team that seems to be getting their crap together after decades of not. And they, they've made the commitment to De'Aaron Fox as the leader of the team. I think they might have the talent to make a run for the seven or eight seed. The team that's going to find themselves in the conference finals against the LA Lakers is Dallas Mavericks. Ooh, yeah. wow. You're fully on the Luka train. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. Okay. Uh, now we'll get to the next question here soon. but No, no. But do if, they need Porzingis? If Luka is going to be the MVP, this is where he needs to find himself. Okay. And we know Mark Cuban as an owner is not somebody who's going to take something like this lightly. I think that if midway through the season, March 25th, I think is the trade deadline. If Mm -hmm. that date comes upon us and they're a piece or two short, wouldn't be surprised if they – strike out and you know try and get a big name to come in and help them get over the top but i think that that's a team that's going to be really good and they're going to ride the uh wow i just sorry just watched the chargers again brutal sorry yes they did tv's Uh, ahead of mine oh my bad my bad (laughs) i'm sorry i just looked up my bad (laughs) that's amazing we can we can just now lighting up for the field goal sorry i i hate to (laughs) i just missed it too i would have done the exact same thing don't worry it's the chargers we can edit it but this guy calls himself the money badger and he's terrible i would have done the exact same thing don't worry if luca is going to make this next step to mvp he's got to find himself at least in the conference semifinals so they're my pick no, that's cool. And I, I agree with you. And I also think I agree with you in terms of they'll be really good. I don't know if they make the conference finals because I just don't know how much you can rely on Porzingis, who seems to be just hurt all the time. I do like the pickup of Josh Richardson. I think he'll be really good for that yeah. team. That's a good pickup for them for sure. Doesn't my have team to do that people my team that people are sleeping on that, you know, to me would be a surprise team to make that could make a run. And if they were in the conference finals, I think I wouldn't be surprised. I'm going back to the well on the Blazers. Dame is ready. Yeah. The way that they finished off last year, you saw something there. Dame is ready for prime time. And a line we say all the time is we don't believe you need more people. Well, they got more people. They added some more depth because we always knew it was Dame and CJ, but they relied a little too much on Mello last year. Right. Mm -hmm. And Mello's still serviceable, but you move Mello back to the bench right? Which is cool. You let Melo come off the bench and just cook. Fair enough. But you add Robert Covington, who is a great, great, great addition in terms of someone who can be a defender, lock down, lock down other teams, best players, but also finish around the basket, finish shooting threes. He can hit the open three. They also, you tell me your bench now is Melo, 
Enos Cantor's on that bench. Who else do they got? They got Giles. Gary Trent Jr. They got Rodney Hood. Like, that's your bench. You got deep options. Did they add, those guys are like – Did they what? add Giles too? Yes, they have Harry Giles. Yep. Yeah, Harry like Giles is there, up. and he's been looking all right in preseason yeah, so far. That's a good He could be a, a good rotation guy for and, them, if not starting. Full Maybe. season of Nurkic too. Exactly. So look out for the Blazers, man. I think Dame just needed some other pieces around him, and that's a really, really good, good team. And I think Dame wants that smoke of being like, hey, no, I'm one of the dudes. Yeah. And I really think the chip on his shoulder of we can build a team here that competes for a championship. I like that, and I root for Mm -hmm. that. You know, a guy that stayed and said, no – I'm going to stay here and I'm going to trust the organization to build. And they've continuously kept trying to build and regroup and put pieces around. I'm interested to see how that plays out, but we have one last question here and it's a simple one. Yeah. And I think I already know the answer to this from you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Will the Lakers repeat as NBA champions? Yes. The Lakers will beat the nets in the NBA championship. That would be a fun finals. That would be a very fun finals. But the way that they reloaded this mm-hmm. season has been extremely impressive, especially, like you say, what we've seen from Marc Gasol in yeah. fitting in with this team. Yep. Like, they uh, – I really think – like, we talked about this in that run they had in the bubble that uh, the Miami Heat might have had the – third fourth and fifth best player but it didn't matter because you had lebron and ad but now they have lebron and ad and if they get in another series like that they will have the fourth fifth sixth best player because of how they reloaded to get montrez to get Schroeder, gasol plus already not losing pope and not yeah. losing Kuzma, like another year for those guys like that's yeah, a that's what- a really really good team yeah, Wes Matthews is an interesting pickup for West sure. Matthews he's just too, a dog. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's a dog. He's a tough guy that'll go out there and play hard and yeah. and very he's more than serviceable, obviously, right? But um they made a lot of big moves. I just don't think they'll repeat just because I think it's just really hard to do so in this modern era with so much turnover and with so much that can happen during this off season or during this season, you know, in terms of travel, in terms of where everyone's going to play, there's just too much going on. I I just don't see them. I don't see them repeating. I think other teams have made leaps. I think it'll be a harder path for them in the West playoffs will be a lot harder for them than it was last year. Um, I think the bubble was just perfectly suited for them from a chemistry standpoint, like a team that had a leader, and everyone had defined roles, right? So you kind of knew, like, the bubble was a weird, different kind of structure, right? Because it threw the rest of your life into chaos. But the Lakers, they had good camaraderie amongst their team. So they could Already all hang out together. Roles, yeah. Yes, they all hung out together. They all had defined roles, as you said. But at the end of the day, I just think there's too many other teams that are good. And I, I think the Clippers will come back strong. I think the Blazers will give them a go. I think the Mavs will be good. Denver's coming back. Like, there's just – it's going to be very, very hard to repeat as champions. And, I mean, 
I'm not betting against LeBron saying that LeBron's going to fall apart or, or get hurt or, or anything like that. Cause that's not going to happen. There's people that have been betting against LeBron for how many years losing, but I just think it's, it's really hard to repeat again. And I, I don't know if it's going to happen. I, I, if I'm betting against it, I'm, I'm saying, no, it's not going to happen. So who's in your final? I have no idea. And you I love don't, that. you don't have an NBA final prediction. No, no. Come I on. Come on. It. You don't have an NBA final prediction. What kind of what kind of NBA preview pod is this with no <laughs> final prediction? Because here's the thing. Here's the, here's the thing, right? I don't really. I'm so excited for so many of the different storylines. Like I'm excited to watch Luca ball out. I'm excited to see Dame get help. I'm excited to see Mark Gasol and LeBron on the same court in the same offense, passing the ball around. I'm excited to see what. Kawhi is going to do in year two with this squad. I'm excited to see KD back in playing with Kyrie in the Nets. I'm excited to see Russ. Like, there's so many things that excite me. I don't want Steph Curry I'm not back. bogged Steph Curry back. Cool. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to be bogged down by, oh, this was my prediction and I think this is going to happen. So I'm like jaded watching blank. Like, I just want to watch and enjoy and I don't think the Lakers are going to win because I think there's so many other teams that are so good and I think this is a great point for the NBA in terms of you actually don't know who's going to win I know everyone's going to say oh the Lakers the Lakers the Lakers but I really don't think it's going to be that easy and there's gonna there's a lot of NBA great storylines night in night out and I'm gonna just enjoy that if you're forcing me to pick What's going to be the NBA Finals? I am. I'm going to say, oh, oh, if you're forcing me to pick an NBA Finals, I'm going to say, I know, I know, I know. You've got to pick. I'm going to say the Clippers are going to make the NBA Finals, and the Clippers are going to face the Brooklyn Nets in the NBA Finals. It's going to be the Bizarro Finals. That the like they always would have wanted Knicks New York Lakers and LA. right throughout the history of time. They always would have wanted the Lakers against the Knicks in the NBA Finals. And who wins? didn't get it? But you're going to get the Brooklyn Nets and the Los Angeles Clippers. And who wins? The Clippers. Wow! Wow! I just predict the Clippers are winning the NBA yes, championship. See, yes, this did. is what I'm talking yes, about. This did. is what I know. See, this is what I did not want to do. <laughs> Yes, you did. You did just do that. And we're recording. <laughs> I said into a microphone, the Clippers are going to win the NBA championship. That's not a real sentence. That's not a real life sentence. See, this is what this is what I'm saying, right? Just proving how dumb this all is. I just said into a microphone, the Los Angeles Clippers are going to win the NBA championship. What? See, now it's time to end this podcast. Let's move on here. But Mr. Webster is someone that hustles themselves. My dude, Always. where can the people find you and congratulate you when your Sixers finally do pull the trigger oh. and trade for James Harden? Listen, we're going to be watching NBA basketball next week. So hit me up on Twitter, on Instagram. It's the same, at awebster84. And of course, you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander, on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And shouts to all the people liking and subscribing to the podcast. 
on Apple, on Spotify, on SoundCloud, on Google Play, and on YouTube. Really appreciate all you guys. Send yes. us all the comments, yes. right? We want to yes. talk to you. We want to hear all the feedback, where I was wrong. Tell me how crazy. Please slander me for picking the Clippers to win. Please. Blame Webster Please. because he forced me to. He forced me into picking when I didn't really want to pick. And I backed myself into it because I said I didn't think the Lakers were going to repeat as champs. And I also said I didn't think the Bucks were going to make it. <laughs> so, <laughs> But this is what we do here. We say things and I want you guys to hold us accountable. So that's what it is. That's what we do here. We try to have fun talking about the NBA. And I guess I got to get this podcast out before James Harden gets traded. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm going to keep this moving and get things going and close out every podcast like I always do because I really did used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Ball on Blast podcast, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Peace. This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast podcast network, available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. Thank you.